Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Now, a survey carried out by Ireland's autism charity As I Am, along with Inclusion Ireland, which represents children with intellectual disabilities, has revealed that some children have experienced seclusion and restraint while at school as a way of managing their behaviour. The two groups have called for new guidance and regulations for schools which would govern the use of seclusion and restraint. Adam Harris is CEO of As I Am and he joins me now. Adam, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks for having me, Cormac. Uh, I might begin with some of the results of this survey because you polled more than 400 parents. Um, Some 35% of respondents said their children with disabilities experienced seclusion. And just over a quarter said their children had been restrained at school. Um, what's your response to that? I think in terms of these findings, they're no, by no means the full picture. We know this is really just scratching the surface. And we got gathered over 400 responses prior to an Oireachtas briefing in just a short number of days. But what I think is true about these findings is they're deeply distressing. And behind each of these numbers is a child, is a lived experience. And many of these experiences have been documented in the survey. We heard from one family whose 10-year-old child was confined to a corridor in school and taunted by school staff while experiencing distress and overwhelm. We heard today from another family at the at the committee whose child had been locked in a room for five hours until they became so distressed they blow, broke the glass window uh, in the room. We hear families who report their child being rugby tackled to the ground or having their hands removed from their ears as they were feeling sensorily overwhelmed. So these are real people with real stories and significant long-term impact. Yeah. What's of major concern to us as an organisation is presently today there is no guidelines whatsoever around the use of seclusion and restraint within our school system. It takes place every day. And the reality is we've been waiting for guidelines on this issue since the year 2018. Will you bear with me, Adam, for a second? Because I'd like to read some of the testimony to the survey uh, for some of the listeners. A parent told uh, the survey that her child, and you alluded to some of this, her child attempted to leave the room abruptly during practice for a Christmas play before being tackled by a female teacher. She held him there for a while and shouted at him about how struggling was futile due to her superior strength. Another parent uh, told the survey, my son experienced physical restraint in a mainstream school, was moved to an autism class to help him. Uh, Another, uh, and some of this is distressing, I should warn listeners, then seclusion was used and he was dragged, the student, across the school floor into this safe space in commas. Uh, a seclusion room, where he stripped naked multiple times due to distress. The door was held shut by multiple persons. An animal would not be treated this way. Uh, And you say this is just scratching the surface, Adam. Absolutely. And I think what's important about this conversation is we really shouldn't start the conversation around restraint and seclusion. The first thing to recognise is so many of the children affected by this issue are themselves non-speaking communicate in a wide range of alternative ways and yet are in education settings where many members of staff within those school settings are not trained in those communication techniques. People are in sensory environments that are unsuitable for the support needs of autistic people and people with intellectual disabilities. So before we start talking about what should happen in crisis situations, we really need to shift the conversation to actually accepting the fact that we have an education system that hasn't been built in an inclusive way to meet the needs of these learners. Mm -hmm. What happens as a consequence? When a child 
child experiences overwhelm or distress. It's dealt with as a behavior. It's dealt with like the child's fault. It's put through a code of behavior process, which is the same process that deals with a child who smokes behind the school shed. The reality is we recognize that within schools, there might be scenarios where for health and safety, a physical intervention is required, which is different from physical restraint. However, there's currently no training from the department around what interventions are appropriate or how they should be applied. We know that there's a pilot of draft guidelines at present, but we don't know what that pilot entails. And we're concerned that it won't be sufficiently robust to give us the assurances that we need. We're also concerned about the content of any guidelines. I think we need to be very clear. There's already legislation in place around safeguarding children. That's the Children's First Act. And it doesn't matter whether you're a GA club or whether you're a school, that applies to all people working within that setting. And yet what we've seen many schools do is fail to document instances of restraint, uh, is put parents not through a, a child protection safeguarding system as set out in Children's First, but rather a school complaints process in which the school is essentially investigating itself. So- yeah, can I, can I ask you uh, an obvious question maybe, and people might be listening to some of this for the first time, they, uh, this, they might be experiencing this for the first time. Why, are, why don't teachers have training to deal with stuff like this? It really is something of a mystery because numerous reports, including NCSE policy advice on autism dating back to 2017, have argued that there should be both initial teacher tra- training, in, in, initial teacher education training in the area of autism and also access to CPD. Yet this recommendation has never been acted upon by the department. And meanwhile, what we see is a growing prevalence of autism and of other forms of disability within our education system. One in 27 children now have an autism diagnosis, and yet we're not focusing on changing the system. Ireland ratified the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disability, and yet we continue to have a situation in which people's communication differences, sensory differences, uh, thought differences are dealt with in a punitive manner, which fundamentally undermines the rights of the child. Okay, well, uh, you're calling for new guidance and regulation in this area in terms of restraint and seclusion. Uh, I think what's really important is that we don't just have guidelines. What we fundamentally need is regulations. This is too important for guidelines. And those regulations need to be robust. They need to be child-centred and they need to be rights-based. Okay, well, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on this one. And people can send us their experiences if they have experience with something like this to 51551. For the moment, though, CEO of As I Am, Adam Harris. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. 